And welcome everybody to Turnbuckle Talk, the show where we talk about pro wrestling. Today, I'm doing the intro for the first time. This is Slade, and as always, my co my cohort in crime. We got Mr. Matt on the show with us today. So how's it going, Matt? Man, it's going pretty good. Uh, you killed the intro there, buddy. I tried. Uh, <laughs> no, it's going pretty good. Uh, can't really complain. I will say, just before we get started, uh, to the people listening, if you can hear rain and thunder, I am inside. Uh, my walls are just very, very thin. We live in an old house. Um and it's just Mother Nature doing Mother Nature things. So if you can hear that in the background. Um, but other than that, man, it. man th- things are going pretty well. Uh, what about I'm over in your part of the woods? Same here. It's uh, I'm pretty sure it's raining pretty much all the way throughout the entire state of Mississippi and Alabama. So there's still there's rain outside my window. So I, if you hear that again, it's it's just uh, it's just ambient noise at this point. Um but other than that, yeah, everything's going good up here. Um, you know, getting ready, kind of gearing up for uh, for some more uh, WWE stuff. They uh, they've announced recently. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. You know, they're going on the road again. Um, SummerSlam this year is going to be on a Saturday, which I'm kind of excited about. And uh, and just getting ready to talk about some wrestling. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been, I think we said, what, probably two weeks since we've recorded last? Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, we would have recorded a little earlier if, you know, calamities didn't hit me, like, at the worst possible times. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Life life always has a way of, life, of uh, happening. Life, <laughs> like, so, those who don't, who, who you know, who aren't really privy, that'd be everybody besides me and Matt. We were supposed to record this. We recorded this on Sunday afternoon, uh, June 6th. We were supposed to record this on Wednesday, June 2nd, um, and I was on my way home, and I was driving from my from my job and got in front of a truck. The truck threw something off. I don't know what it was, and it blew out my left front tire because I hit it. Didn't I didn't have a chance to get to avoid it, and it destroyed my tire. Finally got the tire fixed, but in the process of getting the tire fixed, somehow or another, I cracked the screen of my cell phone. So I had no way of like communicating with the outside world for like a day and a half with the exception of, you know, barring a computer and getting on messenger to tell people, oh yeah, I can't really do things right now. Yeah. I don't like you for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, it's like, look, I'm not trying to avoid you. I just, I literally can't like, like some people would like, I had a couple of phone calls. I couldn't see who was calling and I couldn't answer it. It was, it was awful. You just had an expensive paperweight at that point, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad everything has worked out for you. Um, but yeah, in, in that two weeks or so since it's been that we recorded last, it feels like uh, a lot, a lot, a lot has happened uh, on TV and behind the scenes with WWE. Right. Uh, so I'll, I'll put the ball in your court because I was kind of writing down some notes just so I wouldn't forget some things. Uh, and I got like a whole page of notes of just different things that have been going on. Um, so like I said, I'll let you choose. Do you want to start in the ring? Do you want to start outside the ring backstage? You know, where do you want to start? We'll start with the, with the announcement they made, uh, I believe it was yesterday. They announced, um, so earlier, I can't remember if it was this week or last, it's kind of blended together that they announced they're going to start running, um, going back on the road. 
um, and doing shows outside of Florida, which will be the first time since last March, I believe, that they're doing shows outside of um, the state of Florida and outside of the Thunderdome and and Tampa and the Performance Center. Um, and then earlier this week, uh, it was announced, I don't think it was WWE that announced, somebody broke it that they were planning on moving SummerSlam from Sunday this year. And they announced yesterday that it will be um, it will be on Saturday. Let me get the date up. I'm sorry. August 21st. August 21st. And it's going to be at the new Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, home of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And that will be the first time a WWE Big Four show has been held in Las Vegas since, get this, WrestleMania 9 in March say, of yeah. 1993 the C- at Caesars Palace. It's the one where uh, Bobby Heenan wrote in backwards. Yeah, he wrote in backwards. Uh, Jim Ross, it was Jim Ross's WWE debut. He was in a toga. Uh, just a just a kind of, it was it was not a great show. It's kind of memorable for all the wrong reasons with, uh, but that's the last time the WWE had done Vegas until this year. Uh, and then they're going to be going out there. Um, I'm kind of excited to see some normalcy back. Um, the WWE, you know, you do what you got to do with the whole pandemic situation, but man, it's going to be good to get out of the Thunderdome and into different arenas and different crowds and to ha- have actual live audiences getting excited. Like, I'm excited for that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I think, like you mentioned, they're going uh, – what is it? It's the weekend of Money in the Bank, isn't it? That they're going to Texas. Yes, they're doing. Yeah, I think they're doing uh, SmackDown, the Money in the Bank, and then uh, Raw the next day. And they're in three different. I think it's like Dallas, Houston, and Austin, or something. But it's three different yeah. cities for that weekend. Um, and when they announced that, it kind of made sense as to why they uh, they pushed Money in the Bank back a month and then moved Hell in a Cell up because you know with Hell in a Cell still being in the Thunderdome, uh, you know if they want to do any shenanigans or or uh, uh, camera tricks for lack of a better term you know they still have that ability with hell in a cell uh, I've never personally been to a hell in a cell pay-per-view but I gotta I gotta think that it's a little difficult for fans to see in that cell especially yeah. since it's like all thick and red and, and whatever they do with it now so yeah um, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to see the jumbotron to have any idea of what's going on like that's the right. only way you'd be able to see and so I, I, you know one, once they did all the shifting and moving and then announced that they were going, you know, because money in the bank, man, it, it's, I think I've mentioned it, it, it's kind of overtaken Survivor Series, in my opinion, it's like, yeah. if, you know, moving into the big four, or if you want to kind of call it a big five pay-per-view, but right. um, so that makes sense as to why they're doing it that way. Uh, and with SummerSlam, like you mentioned, being on a Saturday, I think there, there's a big boxing match that Sunday in, in Las Vegas, maybe. Uh, but my hope, and I don't know if it'll happen or not, because uh, I kind of mentioned it to you when those reports started coming out. You know, I, I would like it if if WWE would put those big four or big five, whatever you want to call it, um, put right. them on Saturdays. Uh, to me, it makes them even more different than the rest of the pay-per-views. Right. Also, those pay-per-views are the ones that tend to last longer than your other ones. You know, the other ones are two, have been like two and a half hours or so, but these usually right. are three and a half to four. And people on Saturday night, you know, you, most people don't have to get up and work on Sundays. Um, you know, and, and WrestleMania could still stay two nights. Like I said, I don't know if that's the plan, but, 
kind of in my head, you know, it, it would just add a little more mystique to those bigger pay-per-views and, and make the buildup seem a little bit bigger knowing it's on a Saturday instead of the traditional Sunday. Right. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I think they're planning on getting 72,000 people into the, uh, the stadium in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, so like you said, just seeing, you, you know, and, and me and you have seen it this past week with these uh, college baseball regionals going Good. on around the country, yes. you know, especially in the Southeast with Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, um, East Carolina, like these packed stadiums, you can just tell that the atmosphere being back with, with fans, you know, and even I think some of the NBA playoffs, they're having 50% yeah. arenas or whatever, but it just adds that missing adds, element that we've been missing for the last 13, 14 months. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely excited about that. Um, just from that perspective, you know, obviously the, and you think with, with SummerSlam being in a big stadium, they're going to have to um, pull out some stops in terms of, uh, Maybe Lesnar comes back. Maybe Cena comes back. Uh, so it's exciting in that sense, you know. Oh, I was, I, was, I was look, yeah, and I was looking. It is the night of the Manny Pacquiao Errol Spence fight. Okay. But that so that is that, and I was just checking. So the Money in the Bank weekend, uh, July sixteenth, they're going to be at in Houston. July 18th, they're at the Money in the Bank. They're at the uh, Dickies Arena in Fort Worth on the 19th. I think they're at Jerry World. Okay, well, that makes sense. So they're, you know, they're in three different cities, but it's all right. close together considering right. the size of Texas. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, it's the Toyota Center in Houston, Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, and the American Airlines Center in Dallas. That's 16th, 18th, and 19th. Gotcha. So moving on, uh, I, I, like I said, there's just so much. There really um, is. Uh, you want to keep up with the with the with the news stuff? We can. Let me hold on. Let me get back. I need to get back to my list, though. I kind of lost. Okay, there we go. I'm back where I need to be. Okay. Well, so we can go ahead and talk about the releases. Uh, yes. So over the last couple of weeks, WWE has made. Uh, I guess you could call it a significant amount of cuts. You know, traditionally, right after WrestleMania, they'll make a, a round of cuts. Uh, they already did that. And then it came out a couple weeks later, or a few weeks later, that they made some more cuts. And then a week after that, they made some backstage cuts. And then this week, uh, this past Wednesday, I think, maybe, they made, they cut uh, some some notable people. Uh, from talent, the talent roster. And I think this latest round caught the most people off guard. Yes. Um, and, and you know, there's people giving opinions, and I even tweeted out on the Turnbuckle Talk account on Twitter that it, it seems like, you know, and I'm not a businessman. I don't proclaim to be a businessman. Um, but, you know, you're, you're touting record profits every time you do conference calls, but yet you're, you're cutting salaries. Uh, they could be lining up for a potential sell. Um, you know, Nick Khan is essentially running things now. Um, so it, it might be a different philosophy going on. I don't want to pretend to know what's going on, but it, it seems like there's something, you know, moving and shaking in the, in, in the business part of WWE um, that would lead to these cuts. 
so I guess out of all of the cuts, who 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 kind of caught you off guard the most? I, I mean, I think the I think th there's two answers here, but I think the one that caught me the most off guard was Braun Strowman. Yeah, I think that's I the mean, consensus. I mean, he was he was he he feuded with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, which is generally a huge spot to be in. He was wrestling for the champ the WWE Championship, you know, a month ago. And he felt like one of those guys that would be a lifer. Even, you know, even if he couldn't wrestle for as long as he thought he could, because, you know, he's, he's, he's older than you think he is. He's like nearly 38, 39 years old. And he's got yeah. kind of some, he's kind of had some health issues, which not uncommon for guys his size. But, you know, he, you thought he was the kind of guy that he could easily transition to something, even if he couldn't wrestle, he'd be a guy that the WWE would hang on to just for his presence. And, He's gone. Like I, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, the the same with me with with Braun uh, for the reasons you stated, you know, and and that's kind of it felt like a salary dump if you want to use a sports term, yeah. uh, you know, because he was getting paid quite a bit of money. Uh, I think they had locked him up a, a year or two ago, right when the whole AEW stuff was going on. Um, and they were giving him some pretty big money for, you know, by wrestling yeah. standards. Yes. Um, and, and so, but at the same time, it's like I've told you with him, you know, multiple times on this, they just, Vince doesn't know what to do with big men. You know, they, like you mentioned him having a, a, a WrestleMania match with, with Shane with a McMahon, but the whole storyline, you know, was him being called stupid and, you know, big yes. man, not smart type deal. And it just, right it seemed like there was no clear direction with him over the last God, man. Well, I guess since he left Wyatt family, um, right. You know, I've mentioned at WrestleMania 34 when they paired him up with Nicholas to win the tag team uh, titles, it got one of the biggest pops in the arena for that whole, or the stadium for that entire show. But you're also pairing him with a 10 year old kid at WrestleMania. Um, right. So, but then they're trying to, you know, he was supposed to be a monster among men, but you're pairing him with kids and then calling it, it, it just, they, they never had anything that stuck. You know, I don't know if Vince didn't trust his, his mic work, his promo skills. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I, there's just a history there with Vince McMahon and, and just freaks of nature, you know, uh, Big Show, Braun Strowman. Um, the list goes on and on with these just larger than life characters or gimmicks that he can't, there's nothing concrete about them. You know, you, you can't go back and look at their career in WWE and be like, this is what they were because there were so many different things. Um, so I, I could honestly see, I could see Strowman winding back up in WWE. That um, could too. You know, obviously, uh, Mark Henry just got announced to, to be a part of AEW. Mark right. Henry, you know, Mark Henry was the one that kind of discovered him and pushed him towards WWE. So there's that connection there. But I'm just, I don't see him going to Japan or, or you know, these no. independent promotions. Um, no. You know, he might he might try his hand at, at uh, acting or doing the TV TV personality type stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely the most shocking out of all of them. And I'll yes. tell you the one I was on the latest round, you know, you had, uh, Alistair Black, Braun Strowman, Lana, Ruby Riot, uh, 
the NXT woman. Uh, Santana, Santana Garrett. Yeah, Santana Garrett. Uh, did I cover all of them? Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, that's right. So out of those, just out of the, because like I said, these were the ones that caught the most people off guard, you know, on social media. I would say Lana would be the second most just because she had that Vince McMahon WWE look. I would say, I would say Alistair just because, just because they had started pushing him again. No, they did. Yeah. Like the Friday before he was released, he he, he came out and attacked Big E. Right. So you're thinking, okay, he's fixing to get a push and then he's gone. So it's like, what's the point? But my whole thing with with Alistair and even Ruby Riot, I love Ruby Riot as well. But they don't have you could tell Vince McMahon. Well, you could tell Vince McMahon didn't get them. Yes. You know, and but with Lana, she's the blonde hair. She's a beautiful woman. Um, she's charismatic. <laughs> she she gets attention. You know, um, and you go down the history of females in WWE, even to this day, the blonde, uh, the blonde haired woman is what Vince likes. Right. Um, and so you know, and there could be, you know, Alistair Black came out and Buddy Murphy both, uh, came out on Twitter and said that they were kind of blindsided by the release they didn't see it coming but there are times where the talent can ask for the release or you know they kind of want out but you know they're wwe going to come out and say hey so and so asked to to get cut so we're cutting you know they just say thank you for your work and future endeavors type deal uh so with lana yeah she was i mean she was just on uh monday night raw with naomi right and then two days later she's gone so I could definitely see her winding up in AEW. You know, obviously the connection with Miro there. Obviously, um, and, and and I think I think she would actually I think she would help him even. Oh, hundred percent. Like she actually got better in the ring too. Like you could, yeah, you could tell I, she was trying. Like, like is she an all-time great worker? No, but she worked at it, and she could help. And I think Ruby Wright would be a would be a home run hit for AEW because they desperately need to get some depth on the women's side they desperately need it yeah and ruby was i tweeted out uh, on that turnbuckle talk account monday because i think her she wrestled on monday as well in a tag team match like i i think she would have done good getting getting a, a tag team title run yes um, but and Liv Morgan deserve that yeah, hundred percent. But you could also tell that Vince didn't get her gimmick, and I only call it again. It seems like that's who she really is. Yes. Uh, so I don't want to use the term gimmick derogatorily or whatever. But uh, you could just tell it was kind of the same thing with Brian. Like there was never any clear direction with with Ruby Riot, um, and she, you know. Uh, anytime you hear of people getting released uh, from WWE, you know, Twitter's first reaction or social media's first reaction is all uh, such and such deserve better, such and such deserve to push. And I'm not big on saying that about talent because you can only push so many talent in a company that's that big. You can only give so many people a shot when a company's that big and that broad. But Ruby yeah. was one that I truly felt didn't get um, her just due in that company. And and like you said, I think in a place like AEW, she would she would flourish and she could help out their younger uh, women that are in that company and and kind of elevate that division for them. Uh, and I think she would fit in really well there. Oh, absolutely. 
and then, yeah, with Alistair, it, it just it, he's got Japan written all over him to me. Yes. You know, I think he could just the whole he's got that strong style type of moveset with all the kicks and, and whatnot. Yes. Um he's a big dude. And and I think he could flourish over in Japan or wherever he wants to go. He, you know, he's yeah. got a real uh, underground following to him. Uh, so I think he'll be fine. I think they'll all be fine. You know, they've all kind of even Buddy Murphy's made a pretty good name for himself uh, when they put him with Rollins there for a while. I think I think Buddy could be a, a Japanese or even like an impact guy and, yep. and do great, do great things. Yeah, so you hate to see all these people getting released, but and I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like a corporate shill, but that's part of the business. It, you know, if you follow WWE for any amount of time, this happens almost every year. But I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was just kind of shocking that it's continuing to happen this year. Like it doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be an ending point. Um, yeah, whereas, generally there's. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, typically it's it's the week after WrestleMania. Um, they'll make the cuts and then they move on, you know, but it seems to be progressive this year. I, I, I remember, um, I think, yeah, I think generally WWE does their post WrestleMania and then there's only one more round, like between survivor series and Christmas. Right. Because I remember John Cena, when they did the WWE, the documentaries on the ruthless aggression era, Cena mentioned he was going to be one of the Christmas cuts before he broke out the rapper gimmick. Right. And when he broke that out, it got him back on TV. It got him kind of back. He got to be seen and it kind of saved him. And so, yeah, generally speaking, you don't see cuts discontinued. Like they do it once. They, you know, they cut a good number of people and they're done. Right. But this was, you know, this one, I was caught off guard. I ain't going to lie. And then, course you know how social media is you know then you have rumors going well that means keith lee's probably gone and my am's probably gone. as far as we know that hasn't happened yet but like that's where you end up going so yeah, you it's, it's just all speculation at that point um, yeah you know and, and and me and you i think from what i've seen on social media on twitter because a little a little peek behind the curtain on that Turnbuckle Talk Twitter account for, for people that's listening, me, Matt, not Slade, but Matt, I, I'm the one that tweets on that account. Slade is free to tweet on that account if he wants to, but I tweet on that account. So anything that is tweeted out on that Turnbuckle Talk Twitter account is from Matt. Right. Um, so if there's any hate for any of the tweets or whatever, comment Matt. Don't comment Slade. Um, I can take it. I'm a big boy. Uh, but you can hate on me though, because ninety percent of the time, <laughs> I should say like ninety nine point eight percent of the time, I'm with it. I'm one hundred percent with what's said. So um, it's you know, and it's just opinions. I try not to be uh, overly negative. I try and 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 just give my opinion on certain things, which is what Twitter's for, right? Right. Um, but part of creating that account was to to follow wrestling fans or other podcasts or whatever, just to stay up to date because. As you've seen the last two weeks, so much can happen in the wrestling world. But man, some of the just some of the things that come across on that account is just why why do you even watch wrestling? Like right. everything you tweet about or post is just negative, 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 negative. You know, uh, WWE's the big bad 
corporate company. They're the devil. I'm never watching WWE again. But at the same time, these people tweeting out that they will never watch WWE again know every single thing that's going on in WWE. And it's like, well, how, how are you keeping up with it if you don't watch it, but you don't care about it, but you want to know about it? And it's just the negativity around just, you know, and then then you get these people, if you like AEW, you got to hate WWE, vice versa. No. It's just like, there's so much division and, you know, as social media in general on a broader spectrum, you know, you can get in that with football or baseball or basketball or anything, politics. People don't want to listen. They just want to be in their little bubble. They want to have their opinion. And if you don't agree with them, then all of a sudden you're attacking them or you're 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 downplaying how they feel or or whatever, all these and, and they, it just gets blown out of proportion. And my thing is one of the things I take pride in, not just in wrestling or but in life in general, and is how I was raised is to listen. Yes. You know, I can give my opinion, and a lot of times my opinion is what I believe is well thought out, you know, because I think about it before I tweet it or post it or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I don't know everything, you know, my opinion isn't bulletproof. So if you have a different opinion, please give it to me. You know, I've said it on this uh, podcast numerous times, like Slade, tell me if I'm wrong or tell me if I'm not seeing something because I, I, I want to have an informed opinion and I want to feel confident about my opinion. But when you just surround yourself with people who are patting you on the back and, and, and rah, rah, you're always right. And you don't want to hear any different opinions or, or the different sides of, of what could be going on. You're just living in a bubble and, and you're not informed, you know? And yeah. so if, if I yeah, ever post an, if I ever post an opinion on that turnbuckle talk account, and this is for the people not listening or for people listening and you don't agree with it, get hey, shoot back an opinion. Now, if you're going to come over here and, and just call me every name under the sun, I'm just going to laugh at you and block you. Yes, because but there's no you, point. Yeah, because there's no point in even talking to somebody that's acting like that. But if you have an informed opinion and you've thought about it, I will sit there and tweet back and forth with you until the cows come home. Absolutely. it's it's but, That's part of it because, like, again, it, it, it's part of the problem that I think WWE itself has at times is that people aren't af- are afraid to tell Vince, "Hey, this this isn't working." You right. know, they want they want you know they want him to be like, "No, everything's fine," and then stuff breaks, and it's like, "Well, how did you know?" And then and then the, then that's when they say, "Well, you know, you should have known this wasn't going to work." Well, tell me that a while ago, right? And and so yeah, if you have an opinion and you have something that you thinks. You know, if you disagree, that's fine. But don't come on here going, you're a bleeping idiot because you think this. And how can you possibly have that opinion you believe an idiot? Because then we're just going to filter you out and we won't listen. Exactly. You know, and like I said, I am welcome to different opinions. That's how I feel that my opinions, because they're opinions, right? They're not concrete facts. They're not right. etched in stone. I can change my opinion. You know, uh, uh, you give you give me a good reason, and you you explain to me why you think that way. If you do good enough, if you explain yourself well enough, I might can I might can change my ideas. Right. I mean, just like the like we talked about on the last podcast with the zombie uh, uh, lumberjack match. Like I even said, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world that was entertained by that. But I gave my reasons. Like, 
and I felt like my reasons were legitimate, you know, but at the same time, I can understand why people didn't like it and were turned off by it. But at the end of the day, you're watching professional wrestling, which is an entertainment right. product, you know, and, and, and then it comes out that WWE got like a million dollars for that, just putting the zombies in there. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a business decision, man. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. You know, right. sometimes things hit, hit different and, you know, if it, it don't hit you, that's fine. I mean, I keep thinking back, it's still, you know, wrestling and movie crossovers are, are a thing and have been for a while. I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen RoboCop. the video. Of, yeah. With RoboCop and Sting, you know, and RoboCop tearing the cage door to get to save Sting. Yep. I mean, yeah. It was terrible, but you will never forget it. Absolutely not. It's perfect. It's, it's professional wrestling. Exactly. It's pro wrestling. Exactly. You know, and, and I'm not, look, if you're out there on the Twitter world or whatever, and, and you hate WWE and you despise WWE and, and the big bad corporate giants putting all the little mom and pop wrestling uh, promotions out of business, hey, more power to you. I'm not here to convince you to like WWE. But what I will say is if you're that passionate about it, stop worrying about it. You know what I mean? Like, stop. Like, I'll give you an example, Slade. I hate Walmart. Right. They're the big, bad corporate giant. They put all these mom and pop shops out of business. They come into these cities. You know, they, they employ a lot of people, um, but they don't necessarily, you know, the, the cashiers aren't making a million dollars a year or anything like that. Right. Right. But I hate Walmart. So guess what? I don't go to Walmart. There you go. I don't give them a dime of my money. I don't give them five minutes of my attention. You know, uh, I hate Dollar General because it's cluttered and there's a million of them in this city. I don't go to Dollar General. Right. I go to places that I'm fine with going. So uh -huh. if you don't like WWE, why give it the time of day to make, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand yeah. that mindset of I'm going to sit here and, and, get, and, and get upset and get worked up over this company that I supposedly hate. And then I'm going to waste my energy talking about it. I don't, I don't get, because I'll tell you right now, like if I didn't like WWE, um, if, if I didn't care for what they were doing, we wouldn't be having a podcast about it. Right. No, we'd be, no. We'd, you know, we'd be, you know, we'd be an impact podcast or an AEW podcast. <laughs> right. But at the same time, I can also recognize that yes, they're a business and I'm not a fan of big business in the term. Look, another peek behind the curtain. I used to be a general manager of a restaurant here in town. They came in and they were, they were stringing me along for about six months with stuff. I'd always reach out to corporate. Hey, we need this. We need to do this. We were in an older building. It needed to be updated. There needed to be some things done um, to, to help out with the overall vibe and atmosphere of the restaurant. And they would, they kept stringing me along. They came in on a random Saturday night and I'll never forget. I was sitting in the office and I looked up on the cameras and, you know, they had told me they were coming to town and that we were having an all employee meeting. That's all they told me. You know, I even emailed them and asked, Hey, can you give me a heads up on what this is? I have employees asking me what it's about. Um, and I don't like feeling, you know, like I don't have any information and they wouldn't tell me anything else. And I, I looked up on the cameras when they pulled in and they pulled in with a U-Haul. I knew exactly yes. what was about to happen. Yes. And, and, and the regional director, whoever he was, came in that office and, and talked to me. He said, we're closing down this restaurant. 
And I said, tonight? And he said, yep. And I just started laughing. I was like, you're really not giving, giving us a notice to like try and, and, and get our ducks in order. And he's like, no, he's like, tonight was the last night this place is open. And then the cherry on top was they were the ones that made that decision. But guess who had to go out and tell all the employees that they just lost their job and now they're all unemployed. Matt had to go do that. You become the bad guy. Even I was you, the bad guy because according you, according to corporate, I had the relationship with the employees to do that. And I just laughed at them like, y'all are the ones that made this decision. Y'all nut up. Y'all go do it. But no, Matt had to go out and do it. So, yes, I, I've experienced. You're the, one that has take, you're the one that has to take the angry, the lashing out. You're yeah. the one. And that was one of the toughest things I've ever had to do in my life is look at 25 to 30 college age kids some were even older than that and had kids and tell them that they just lost their job my fiance was working there at the same time so me and my fiance lost our jobs at the same time so yeah i understand the the, the frustration with with people being let go at the at the uh, drop of a dime but it is also it's a business Right. They the right. business has to protect their profits, uh, uh, lower their expenses whenever they can. And, and that's what they do, because this same restaurant that closed in town, they've they've opened probably 15 more restaurants since they've closed this one down in three years. Right. So, you know, I, I, so I don't want to come across like I'm some oblivious person. Like I've experienced it firsthand. But at the same time, when WWE releases talent, guess what? They're still getting paid for 90 days. And before I didn't get paid for 90 days. So, and before they're released, like all these people are making six figures, right? If not more in Braun Strowman's case. So, you know, and I don't want to call a six figure salary being rich by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But when you're in your mid twenties, early thirties, and you're making six figures, you're doing all right. You know, so to just act like WWE is this big, bad animal and they're not treating their employees fairly. Well, I guess they're not even technically employees, but there's plenty of benefits that come out of working with this company or there wouldn't be people lining up to work with them. Right. And and I guess I guess this whole tangent was just me saying, you know, the people on social media, if you don't like the big, bad corporate giant, if you don't like the 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 slithery snake type business decisions they make don't don't exhaust any of your time on being mad about it like you you don't have to follow it you don't have to watch it you don't have to hear about it there's there's plenty of wrestling out there for you now oh there's a ton there's a ton AEW keeps adding shows and 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 content there's you know impact ring of honor new japan uh there's triple a in mexico i think is still going like there's plenty of promotions and and stuff for you to get your wrestling fix from if you don't like the big bad giant yes so you know there's that tangent but uh yeah that's just how i feel like like i said just scrolling through twitter um on that account and i'm you know there's not much it's it's more frustrating than it is entertaining to get on that account and like scroll through and see all the things you know and 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 there was a rumor of uh there was a rumor of uh, WWE being in talks with New Japan about a possible partnership. And then I get on that account and it's like, 
people, oh, they're going bury New Japan. They're do -do 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 -do. I don't want to see so-and-so in, in wrestling with WWE talent and they're going to get booked and all this. But you claim you don't know what's going on in WWE. So how do you know they're going to get booked? You, like, you know yeah. what I mean? WCW had a partnership with New Japan for years. Like, I remember that. And the Japanese guys that came over were never treated poorly, ever. And I can't oh. imagine with Triple H and AJ Styles apparently has it, you know, with all the people that have the history there, they won't bury them. They'd pr I mean, it would, it, I mean, I know the WWE's history. I get that. But I just, I, I don't see how it's a bad thing. I really don't. No, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, and who knows what comes of those rumors? Because then there were other reports saying it was just uh, Daniel Bryan trying to, they were trying to negotiate with Daniel Bryan so he could go to New Japan and back and forth between the two promotions. Uh, that would be cool. But, I mean, just let the things happen. Like, all these people are psychic. Say, you know, they know what's going to happen. They know how it's going to go. They know it's going to be a train wreck. And they know that New Japan's going to get buried. Da -da 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 cool if it happens then don't watch it since you know it's going to happen you know don't right. waste your time don't waste your energy on just winding up getting angry and frustrated uh i don't understand that spend your time on on, on things that make you happy and things that inter actually entertain you and, and yes and, and bring some positive because there's enough crap going on in this world like sports for me and wrestling which is an extension of sports it's a way to get away from reality for three hours or two hours right right it, it takes me away from the real my real life problems not society's problems but matt's problems you know uh, and it's it's a way for me to get away from that and 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 be entertained and maybe laugh or put a smile on my face for a few hours a day and that's why i watch and yes. when it stops doing that on a consistent basis matt might tune out because I'm not just going to sit here and like hate watch something. I'm not going no. to do it. It makes no sense. It get. I used to be like that when I was younger, and then at some point it hit me. It's like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Why am I nothing? Why am I torturing myself by doing this? Let me <laughs> expand my. Let me expound energy on things I do enjoy. Absolutely. Let me watch. Let me watch this TV show that I actually like not watch the show that I despise, but am so, it makes me so mad that I have to watch it so I can drop at it. That's not doing anybody any favors. Nope. Nobody is coming out better for that. No, because people who do like the show that I hate aren't going to be listening to me gripe about it. I'm not getting any enjoyment out of it. Nobody's happy. So yeah. there's no point in it. Yeah. What's the end game? And I think you, you, you hit on a point when you said when you were younger, and I think that's what a lot of it is on like Twitter is it's, it's a younger segment of fans. Um, I would say teenagers, early twenties, but these, these people, it's like I mentioned on the last podcast talking about the zombie, zombie lumberjack match. Like these people are, this is the same company that electrocuted Shane McMahon on the ring yes. post with, with the, with the jumper cables to his testicles. This yes. is the same company that has buried a lot of numerous. They buried a lot of AJ Styles last year at WrestleMania. Yes, like people have been buried alive. They poured concrete in cars. They've blown up tour buses. Vince McMahon blew himself up. And then you mentioned like WCW RoboCop. Like there is a history. Uh, what's his name? Abdul the Butcher got electrocuted. Yes, in the middle. In the, yeah, in the first match of the freaking pay per view. Like, where are you going to go from there? 
Halloween Havoc 91. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you look at the history of professional wrestling since at least the late 80s, like, it's all just entertainment, and a lot of it misses, but a lot of it hits. So, you know, you, you're just acting like WWE or AEW, like, how do they think of this? Or I can't believe they do this. Like, really, like, go back and look at their, you know, they poured sewage on people. They've poured green slime on people. Um, and this was like in the Attitude Era or right after, you know, at the height of WWE. So, I mean, you had the headbangers dressed in skirts and, and uh, Jaws yes. would puke on himself. And it's, I mean, come on now, you know. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think a large segment of it is, like you said, it's younger people who aren't necessarily up to date on the history of what they're watching. And they and, and, and also, and, and, and a lot of them will pull out grow it, like I did. You know, right. as you get older, you start realizing it's not it's not making anybody happy and it's not worth it. It's just, it, it's, it's not just if you don't like it, find something better to do with your time. There's, 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 like I said, there's, there's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of, of wrestling matches, organizations from small independent organizations in your hometown to AEW to New Japan. You can find your fix easily if, if WWE is not for you. And that's, and that's fine. Like there's a lot of, I've considered myself a WCW guy for a long time. Yep. So I get it. But yeah, don't 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 come to us griping about something that a we have no control over, and b you could spend your time doing anything other than that. Because yep, I'll be 100%. honest, because because Matt, I'm gonna be honest with you. The state of Raw as it is right now, I don't enjoy watching it that much. I'm sorry yeah. to say it. Outside of Riddle and Orton, which I kind I catch that when I would I'll watch like the recaps. Riddle and Orton are great, like that's a match made in heaven. But you know what I did Monday night? I didn't watch the, I didn't watch Raw. I went I went I drove from uh, from my apartment in Athens. I drove down to Madison to watch the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas play baseball. And were you entertained? Yes. Mission accomplished. So, so it's like, you know, I will watch SmackDown's great. Um, the pay-per-views are, are awesome. Raw at times is, is kind of, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it, they're in a slump. It's you know, a tour, sometimes, yeah. sometimes shows get into slumps. They're in one right now. Absolutely. Um, but I'm not going to just waste a day just getting madder and madder and watching going, I can't believe, uh, I can't believe they're running. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley again. I, I, okay, I I don't want to see that necessarily. Okay, I'll spend my days doing something else. Right, and if enough people turn the channel and don't watch it, guess what they'll do? They'll change. Yes, they'll you have know? no choice. Uh, you know, one of the things before before we move on, um, I just it popped in my head. But one of the things I'd say the most valuable life lesson I was taught as a teenager. Uh, going into my early, early 20s. Um, life is about choices, Slade. Right. Life is about choices. 
and it's the choices you make, you know, um, and, and that applies to anything in life from what you watch on TV, from who you decide to, uh, to be with in life, uh, what job you, you choose to have. Uh, life is about choices. So if you make the choice to, to, to hate watch something or to just watch something to get mad, that's not healthy. Right. You know, and, and so I want to come out of a place of positivity and, and, and just say, like, if you're watching something and it doesn't make you happy, there's no point in watching that. Or if you're doing something, if you're doing a job and you're absolutely miserable, find something different. There's no point in wasting your life away and being miserable. You know, I've seen it too many times from people to where they're doing it because, quote, they have to do it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Find something you want to do, not that you have to do. Absolutely. And when you find something that you want to do, whether, like I said, from an entertainment perspective, from a, a job perspective, from a relationship perspective, when you're wanting to do something instead of having to do it, you become a lot more content, a lot more happy, you know, uh, energetic about it. You, everything is better. And right. life shouldn't be lived to be miserable, man. It should be lived to find happiness, serenity. Uh, you know, I'm sounding like a hippie here, but it's true. Like, there's no point in living. Like, we only got one life to live, man. Live it. Don't do, do it. Don't want to do. Yeah, don't don't do things that are going to make you miserable. No, Just don't. Nobody benefits. Nobody benefits. The people closest to you, you, nobody benefits from that. Um, so sorry for getting off on that tangent, but it's just something that's been in my mind every time I get on that Twitter account to where it's just like, good God, man, like these people are miserable. Um, and it's so, not fun. It's not fun to live like that. No, it's not. And hopefully, like you said, uh, if they're younger, if, if, if it's a younger segment of people, hopefully they'll learn quicker, you know, sooner than later um, and be able to adjust accordingly. Uh because I think everybody should have happiness in life. Um, and, and, and that's one of the main, that should be one of the main goals in your living life is to be happy uh, in, in whatever method of uh, fashion that is. Um, so, oh, and by the way, we will be having a new podcast coming out called Life Advice with Matt and Slay dropping soon. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, yeah, so that, that that's about how I feel with, with the whole social media. And like I said, it, it goes way beyond uh, wrestling. It, it's all in sports. It's uh, society in general is like that. Politics, everything is just, God, man, it's all negative. But uh, so moving on, one more thing talking about people released that we haven't touched on. Uh, you know, it was announced a couple of weeks ago that Adnan Virk and WWE have mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, Virk, Adnan, he he tweeted out uh, that he was thankful for the opportunity, but with them going on the road and his other obligations, because he also still works for MLB Network, um, but with them going on the road, it would kind of interfere with all his other stuff that he's got going on. Um, I believe that because the 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 release kind of came after they announced that they were going back on the road. So I feel like that they probably had a conversation and he's like, Hey, I can't, you know, um, 
so he lasted what six weeks, seven weeks on Raw. Yeah, and I I never thought he was good, but I didn't think he was bad. Like he just <laughs> he, he 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 had a he had a learning curve, which Absolutely. that's part of it. But ultimately, I just yeah, it 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 was probably the best for everybody, especially with him, like you said, like with him going on the road. He wasn't gonna be able to do what he needed to do, right? And he wasn't gonna be. He ain't gonna have the time to put in to learn all the stuff he needed to learn, especially if they're going on the road because you know he's got to stay in New York to do the MLB stuff or wherever it is he had to stay to do hit that. I mean, he, he it wasn't gonna work, and it's and it's all right. It it gave him gave him a little bit of exposure. Adnan Burke is a you know he's a former ESPN guy that has. Uh, that has a long history of working in uh, um, mainstream sports. So, you know, kind of a nice little rub there if you're going to get it. You know, it didn't work out maybe the way they thought it would, but I didn't think he was that bad. I really didn't. Yeah, he wasn't terrible. Uh, You know, and I like Adnan Burke. He's, uh, from what I've seen over the years, you know, he would always be on. I was a big uh, Mike and Mike listener when that show was on ESPN, and he always came on there. Uh, I listened to Levitard when he was at ESPN. I still listen to Levitard, and I think he's with uh, Levitard's media group, the Meadowlark Media. Now. Right. But, you know, he would always come on on Levitard, and they would kind of give him a hard time about movie because he's a big, big movie guy. Uh, but he always came across as, as somebody who didn't take himself too seriously. Right. You, you could kind of rag on him, and, and he'd take it type deal. Uh, so he seemed like a genuinely nice guy, genuinely good guy. Um, but yeah, I think he was, is kind of those, he was in over his head. Uh, but at the same time, there's only one way to find out if you're going to be in over your head, right? You, you dive into the pool and see yep. if you can swim. Um, so that was, uh, that one kind of came out of left field because he had commentated on a Monday night. And I think the Tuesday morning is when they announced it. Right. Um, and then also, Tom Phillips got released and that one kind of surprised me because that I think was, he was universally loved by wrestling fans and the, you know, and the talent. Um, he was really good. Yeah. And, and it seemed like he was kind of being groomed. because it, it seems like they're wanting to kind of groom Michael Cole for the Kevin Dunn role. Yeah. And it seemed like they were kind of grooming Phillips for Michael Cole's job. Yep. And then he's gone. It's like, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. But and then it, again, but, but then again, you know, when they moved him off of Raw, which I and put him on a three hundred or two hundred five live, I was like, that's kind of that's kind of weird because I always thought he was really good. Yeah. But that one kind of surprised me. You know, and he's one I could see him winding up in AEW. I think he'd be an especially, upgrade, especially since you're adding shows. Yep. I think he would be a huge upgrade to their uh, to their to their broadcast team and whatever platform they decide to use him if he does in fact wind up there. Uh, but it'll be inter- interesting to see what he does do because he's really good um, and he has a really good broadcasting voice. Uh, he's easy to listen to. But yeah, that, that one kind of surprised me. Yeah. Um, so kind of segueing into Raw, since uh, you kind of hit on it a few minutes ago and, and, and talking about the commentators, uh, Jimmy Smith is now the, the play-by-play guy 
for Monday Night Raw. He had his first episode this past week. I thought he did fine. I thought, you know, it, which he had done some NXT stuff. He's done UFC, uh, boxing. So he's he's kind of been in that realm for a while. He's experienced, uh, I, like I said, no complaints. My only complaint just in general with Raw, like well, I, I don't understand the need to have a three-man booth. Okay. Because okay, so this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my old man yells at clouds moment here. So well, there's plenty of clouds we, to yell at right now. So yes, there are. <laughs> I'm looking outside. Yes, there are. So you and I, we we grew up in the Attitude Era, right? Right. But we grew up there, and the soundtrack of our childhood was Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. And for people who were older than that, it was Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. And right. Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura. You didn't need but two. You, you had, you had, and, and you, and, and it was an easy formula. You had the face-ish, you know, somewhat neutral, but leaning toward the face, or in the case of Monsoon, he was very much a face guy. Play-by-play in the heel color commentator. It's all you needed. Once you get past that, you start getting too many cooks in the kitchen. Right. And it gets to be too much. Way too much. Um, I don't get what Vince's thing is with that because, again, for years, the two-man booth was the standard and it and there was nothing wrong with it. In fact, I would argue part of WCW's problem was when they would have three-man booth, Shivani, Heenan, and Zabisco. Yeah, like I thought that at times took away because, especially especially at the end, and I and, and I love Bobby Heenan as much as anybody, but Heenan didn't care anymore, so he would say what was at, whatever was on his mind at whatever moment he was there. Shivani didn't particularly care for Heenan, so they would be snapping back and forth. So you didn't really get the that chemistry because it just it there's too many people talking and trying to get over, whereas on the old. Monsoon and Ventura, Monsoon Heenan, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross. You know, one would say something, the hill would counteract, the face would counteract, and you just, but you kind of, but it, but it flowed. It flowed so much better. Right. So, speaking on chemistry, you know, you you brought up having chemistry. Uh, I think Corey Graves and Byron Saxton have really, really good chemistry. They really do. And Corey Graves, Corey Graves is awesome. Um, he is awesome at what he does. He has taken to that, you know, he's obviously been broadcasting for a while now, but, or commentating, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, he's a former wrestler. Um, and he had to get in to, to commentating because he couldn't wrestle anymore. Uh, but he has taken to that, you know, it's almost seamlessly since he started doing it and he's just only gotten better and better. And I think, you know, he's good enough now and and Saxton's been doing it the same way um, for a while. They're both solid enough and have enough chemistry that they, you know, they've been working together long enough that I think they could just carry it by themselves. And like you said, with two men, it doesn't get as convoluted. Um, Saxton's a good face play by play guy. The, the only issue I can see is you, is I don't know how much Saxton has experience as far as play-by-play. Right. But that's something he could grow into. 
You could learn. Absolutely. He could learn. Like, he could do that. And you could absolutely. And Graves has the Hill color commentator roll down to a T. Oh, He's yeah. Good. So you don't really need much. He, and again, Saxton is a, is a, he, he has gotten exponentially better. When he first started, I was like, I don't know. He has gotten exponentially better as he's as as he's gotten grown into that role. So I have no reason to doubt that he would immediately become a phenomenal play by play guy with with just a little bit of experience. Same, but you know, the only way to give him that experience is to let him do it. Right. You know, you you can't get experience without you know, doing. It. Yeah, you can't get better at hitting a baseball until you try and hit a baseball. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like I said a, a few minutes ago, the Jimmy Smith being on there, I was fine with it, but it just got me to wondering, like, why are they so, I assume it's Vince or Kevin Dunn or both, why are they so intent on having three men booth on Raw? Because on, you know, SmackDown, it's just McAfee and, and, and Cole. And right. dear God, Pat McAfee, uh, he can't do anything wrong, man. Like, he's McAfee just, is a guy. McAfee is a guy you can tell is a fan, was a fan, has been a fan and is having the time of his life yes. when, he's on, when he's there. It's genuine. Yeah, and that and that that means a lot. It does. And it, it just like you it said, you can tell it, yeah, it, it jumps off the screen at you that he is genuinely enjoying himself. Um, because he's another guy like we mentioned with Adnan Burke, like this isn't the only thing he's doing, you know. He he's got a lot going on too. He's got his, he's got hands his own radio of, show. Yeah. Um, and they're all successful because he's genuine about the things he does. Um, you can tell there's a passion there. 100%, man, 100%. Um, so a, a little bit more on Raw. Um, how are you feeling about what they're doing with Lashley uh, right now? And, and I think for me, things have kind of cooled off with him the last month. Uh, because it I, seems I to be, I hate this, he needs he needs a fresh opponent desperately. Yeah, and I, that's what I was thinking. I, I don't know if it's because Drew is still in the picture. And um, I love and, and I love Drew McIntyre, and and Drew McIntyre did a phenomenal job last year with all the crap that was going on. But they they need to get they need to move those two away from each other for a little while, just right. because it 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 it's not helping. Lashley had had has earned his stripes. Like they had him dominate last year. You know, he beats the Miz, he gets the title, he beats, you know, McIntyre, he wins the triple threat, and now they're having a hell of a cell match. Um, the hurt business is the best thing the WWE had going, and then they broke him up. And I still don't understand that. I yeah, won't I understand that. I don't think I anybody does. I won't understand that. Um so yeah. Um, but they, they've got to get him. I know what, I know the rumor is they're trying to get Lesnar back to get the Lashley Lesnar match that Lashley has been wanting for ages. I'm 100% good with that. Oh yeah. That, if they do that at SummerSlam, that would be, that's, that would be that's big. Money. Yep. That's money. But they got to get, and it's not, it's neither guy's fault. It's not Lashley's fault. It's not McIntyre's fault. But when you keep running the same thing over and over and over again, people get tired of it. They want yep. to see something different. They want to, they want to see something fresh. And and that's that's why I think it's kind of drudgery now because we know, you know, well, we're going to have McIntyre fight 
Lashley at the pay-per-view. We're going to be setting up this like we've been doing for the last, you know, three months. Yeah, it just seems like lather, rinse, repeat. Yeah, and if you'll just, like, once the triple threat match happened, you should have moved on. You should have had, okay, McIntyre goes, and goes. I'm not saying necessarily down the car, but he finds somebody else. Somebody else comes up and wants to take on McIntyre. Lashley goes after, I don't know, you could have, you could have gone with Riddle. I mean, you know, kind of play up the Riddle-Orton thing there, because Riddle did win the U.S. title off of him. Now, he didn't pin him. He pinned uh, John Morrison, but still, there's an instant reason. You know, hey, I won your U.S. title. You know, why don't I get a shot? Anything other than McIntyre again. And again, it's not either one of them's fault. It's just when you run the same thing over and over again, it's it's going to happen. Right. And I do I do like them throwing Kofi into the mix uh, the last oh, couple absolutely. of weeks. You know, I could watch Kofi wrestle a, a phone book, but it's also another one of those things. I don't think he has a shot. Right. You know, so that kind of takes away from my enjoyment of it, um, just because I don't believe he had it. And that's not a knock on Kofi, uh, but just the whole booking of it. Like you said, it just seems the end, the end game seems to be Lashley and McIntyre. Uh, you know, so I think with uh, with the riddle, um, I think they're setting him up for something big. Yes, I think it. You, you know, I think it may be Survivor Series or Royal Rumble next year. I could see him winning the Rumble type deal. Um, yes, but you know, kind of segueing into Orton and Riddle because you touched on it a little while ago. Um, I agree; they're my favorite thing going on Raw. Um, I think it's a, a, a match made in, in, in wrestling booking heaven. Uh, they just play so well on each other. Uh, Orton's just so natural. And then Riddle plays that little brother character perfectly to, to, to Orton, you know. Um, and then they've thrown the last couple of weeks, Riddle and Xavier Woods had the match and then Orton and Xavier Woods had the match this week. Uh, you know, uh, Riddle won by doing the RKO and then Orton won by doing the Bro Derek, uh, or whatever it was, uh, right? You know, so I like the booking on that. Um, and then Xavier Woods, I mean, God, he's he's another one that could just wrestle and wrestle and wrestle and go, and, and I could watch him, and he was top notch in both of those matches, so they were really good, uh, really good pairings both weeks, but yeah, I think. I would like to see Orton and Riddle have a uh, have a sustained run as a tag team for give it three months, you know, um, because it's like I mentioned when you put them two together, and now you got AJ Styles and Omos as uh, the is the champions. You've all of a sudden bolstered that tag team division overall to where it's some entertaining stuff going on with the tag teams. Whereas three four months ago, it wasn't very entertaining. Um, you know, and especially now Miz is out, so you're not going to have Miz and Morrison wrestling for a little while. Uh, so I, I would like to see them keep them together for a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't mind if if they did it something like Orton finally gets to Riddle and it turns Riddle heel. Right. Because I think Matt Riddle could be a legit heel um, because he's really good at his facials. 
Um, you know, he, he has really good facials in the ring and stuff, but I think he could be a really good heel if given the chance and if they, if they build it up the right way. And I think that would be believable if like Orton was able to get in his head, you know, type deal, like, Hey, if you want to get to the top, you do it this way type. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the pairing of those two, whoever came up with that idea, give them a raise. Um, Which wasn't it Orton himself. It could have been because I know on the, 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 when he was on the broken skull sessions with Austin, you know, they had a little clip, uh, they just posted to YouTube where it was like, I'm gonna say a wrestler and you give me the first word that pops in your head and they came up to riddle and he's like, he's growing on me, you know, yeah. and, and that was before they put them together. So it could have very well been Orton, you know, going to management and being like, Hey, let me get with this guy because there were, there was another interview that Orton had with somebody that I heard. Uh, oh, it was the, the, he was on the Kurt Angles podcast with Kurt and uh, Conrad. And they were talking, you know, he, he kind of talked about Riddle and he's like, man, he's like, I didn't really get him at first. You know, he, he, he kind of rubbed me the wrong way just with his attitude. He's like, but then right. he's like, then I got to know him and he's, he's like, I, I, I get it. He's like, and then he's, He's like, he's super talented. And he even compared Riddle to Kurt Angle, like talking about being able to pick up on things in the ring. He's like, he's like, the dude's a freak. Yes. And, and and so, yeah, I think those two together has been magic for, for, for Raw. Like you said earlier, one of the only things that they have going uh, that, right is, that is, yeah, that is entertaining um, on Raw. Speaking of entertaining, another thing that I do like, um, and I see people on social media have been kind of, uh, in the middle or wishy-washy, I would say, but I like what Seamus is doing. The the open challenge thing? Well, yeah, the open challenge, but I just like something about that gimmick that he's got going, man, like the the hat and the jacket and the – Yeah, he looks, he, looks like, he looks like a guy that owned a tavern in 1890s Boston. <laughs> yeah, and if people didn't pay their tab, he just took them out it, back and just beat them. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah, beat the money out of them. Yes. Um, it, but that I think that's a natural gimmick for him. Um, yes, he can play into that very, very well. Uh, and then him, he almost got his nose smashed in this past week in the match, and he just kept going. Yes, you know he he's just a beast. Um, I like what they're doing with him. Uh, but I mean, outside of, I mean, the Kofi and Drew match was really good. Um, but like you said, the story behind all that, don't care for it. But um, what they've done with Orton and Riddle and then kind of putting Xavier Woods in there, that's entertaining as hell. And then I've, I've enjoyed uh, the Seamus stuff. Right. Um, and I know you said you didn't watch Raw this week because you were, you were, you were doing something better watching minor league baseball. Um, but did you see – have you seen the opening segment on Raw? I have not. It's – it might have been one of the worst opening segments on Raw I've seen in the last ten was it, years. Was it um, was it the Miz and Morrison thing where they had um, Charlotte yeah. on there? Yeah, they they started out fine because I, I like I like Morrison. He's entertaining, and he goes into that. You know, he had a, a necklace made out of garlic to keep the zombies away. Right. Um, but then Charlotte came out there. She was the guest. And then, of course, you know, something like that. Somebody else is going to come out. So Rhea Ripley came out and Asuka came out. Um, but, like, I, I, Slade, I just don't know what they're doing with Rhea Ripley. I really don't. Because she's 
she's got a heel look to her. She's right. Got a heel move set. But then she's out there like during the she she hit Charlotte with a I know you are, but what am I? Like a middle school thing. And then, yeah. like I said, on the pay-per-view when she won, she was doing like the nana nana boo-boo with the finger on which her is, nose. Which and is so just stupid. I'm it's sorry. It's childish, I... man. It's, it's yeah. childish. And so I don't know if they're trying to book her for like teenage kid. I don't I don't know. But it just there's such a disconnect there uh, that I just I it, I don't I don't know. And then to me, or it wasn't Oscar that came out. It was uh, Nikki Cross. Um, and then they had like a beat the clock thing between Nikki and Charlotte and Nikki just ran around the ring dancing for two minutes or whatever. And, and to me, me, Charlotte doesn't look, she doesn't look interested in this and I could completely understand why. Um, and then Nikki Cross is another one, man. Like when she was in sanity in NXT, you know, like this loose cannon gimmick, of just just being crazy like that worked but now they got her cutting these like babyface promos and and I, I i just don't get it and it doesn't make it doesn't make anybody look good you know and then charlotte even uh when she had come out first and was talking to Miz and morrison i think morrison mentioned she was like a 12 time champion and she was like uh-uh 14 time but who's counting and it's like i mean come on it's just none of it works for me with that and and it's unfortunate because individually individually i like all three of those women right you know but they they got to do something with Rhea, man especially if they're going to keep the championship on her and i i don't think they will um, but if that's their plan is to keep the title on her, they got to do something different than what they're doing um, because it's not working. It's no. really not. I, I I think I said this last time. I don't think she was ready for the belt. I really don't. No, no, not at all. She needed she needed she needed to come in. What they they should have done with her is have her. If if the plan was to get the belt on, they should have had her come in and just destroy people for two or three months. And, like, gradually work her way up. Like, first off, being, like, local jobbers that she just destroys. Yeah, man. And then have somebody like, uh, you know, before she got released, somebody like a Lana or a Naomi. I mean, and, and, I, and, and just, you know, just wreck them. And then, like, and, and then maybe if you have, you know, if you have, I don't want Charlotte to have the belt, but if you want to really get Rhea over, Charlotte wins the belt off Oscar, which I wouldn't want, but if that's what you want to do, have her win it, and then have Charlotte just like openly avoid Rhea at every chance. Yep. And get like have Charlotte like use connections and like say, well, you can get the title match if you'll beat so and so. She beat so and so. Well, I actually meant that if you beat her, you have to beat her in like less than five minutes, and you beat her in five minutes in one second. So sorry, no title shot for you. And just keep doing that, and. It gives Rhea time to kind of establish her character, and it gives her more in more in ring experience, and it really lets Charlotte play up the entitled heel role that she is great at. They they should have built Rhea up the same exact way they did Raquel Gonzalez in NXT. Yes, that would be part because Rhea, like you said, she just get a bunch of jobbers that you don't know their name, you've never seen them before, 
um, and just run roughshod, man, because she looks like a beast. She, her whole presentation, you know, and, and she's a, she is bigger than most of the women out there. Um, yes. They're on the roster. You know, I think Charlotte's the same height, but even then Rhea looks just bigger, you know? Um, so play up to that. And, and just make it that way. And then, like you said, then strap the rocket to her once her character is established and you know what she's about. But it's just you give this presentation of, of being a badass, but then you come out there and nana nana boo boo. I know you are, but what am I? Like, yeah, it, there's just it's too many mixed signals. And, and I, I hope sooner than later that they 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 get it corrected and they're able right. to to get it on the right track for her. And, and for, like I said, all three women that were involved in that, because I think they all three deserve better. Um, speaking of women, I don't think I've asked you, but what do you think about Eva Marie coming back? Uh, as long as they don't have her wrestle, it's not the worst thing in the world. But at the same time, I loved her character before she got released the last time. I loved it. The the, the really big dramatic entrance and then she'd come down and some weird calamity would happen where she couldn't wrestle. Like I was like, oh, this is great. It's hilarious. And then she got popped for wellness and then they'd done it. Because I, I feel like they were leading it up for her like winning the SmackDown Women's Championship on some fluke. Right. Like, like they were going to do this thing and she was going to like actively avoid wrestling and then they were all going to get knocked out and she was going to like come in and crawl on top of somebody, one, two, three, and it's going to be like, I don't know if you remember Norman Smiley as hardcore champion in yes. WCW. We'd wear Something all the like hockey that. gear and whatever. Like and like he would he would actively avoid trying to be in hardcore matches because was he that was that when he was screaming Norman? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. No, he, he was, was entertaining. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he would he would try to avoid, but then like he'd get like he'd get hit in the head with something and he would bounce <laughs> off the rope and fall on the guy and would pin him one two three. And yeah. it was hilarious because he was like trying not to be the champion, but he was the champion. And he kept messing up and winning, yeah. And that, and I was like, I was like, oh god, that'd be great. And so if they do something like that, I think it'd actually be really entertaining. Yeah, one thing I will say, I, I never really personally cared about Eva Marie. Um, it just never hit with me. But every time she does a vignette on Raw, or every time she's mentioned, she's tr- trending on Twitter. Right, uh, you know, so there's obviously something there. Uh, she has a unique look. I mean, she does. She's, she's obviously gorgeous, but you know that red hair. There's something. She's got a unique look. Definitely, hundred percent. And yeah, well, I mean, we'll see where they go with it. Um, but yeah, she's definitely a polarizing figure, and she isn't even on TV right now. It's just vignettes. Uh, so that I think, in that sense, WWE. I mean, they, they think they've made the right decision. You know what I mean? Um, and then last last thing I have about Raw. Uh, so we had Reginald and Shayna Baszler had an intergender match. And Reginald, to my surprise, actually hit, like, some offensive moves. I mean, he did the flippy flop parkour stuff. Right. But he landed a body slam, like, and he got the win. And so my question to you, because Twitter hated it, because Shayna Baszler lost to a man. But what is your opinion, and where do you stand on intergender matches? Done right, they can actually be a really good thing. Hey, that um, makes two of us. Yeah. Like, you can 100% screw it up, and it – like, I don't 
I don't need to see Alexa Bliss fighting. Um, like I don't need to see Alexa Bliss wrestling. Um, the um Jinder Mahal. Right. Like that's that's unrealistic. Okay, maybe not Alexa. Somebody like Nikki Cross against um Jinder Mahal. Right. Like that's unrealistic. But like somebody like Reginald against the Shayna Baszler, I can like buy Shayna beating the crap out of him. Yep. So like done right, it can be good. I agree. It's a it's a it's a it's a fine needle to thread. Because you can really screw that up and really turn that to something you don't need to turn into. Right. But you do it right, and I think they're doing it right with Reginald because even the offense he hits isn't like really high impact stuff. Right. It's not devastating stuff. Yeah. Um and you know, for the most part, he's just flipping and getting out of stuff more than he is actually hitting stuff. Right. A lot of his moves in that match were kind of like defensive moves where yeah, he's not where, really, Shana, where Shana was coming after him and he was just, like you said, just trying to get out of the way and he had yeah, to hit with to something defend. to get out of the way. Yes. Um, my thing is, and I'm going to go on kind of a little social commentary again, right? Okay. Right. Because I heard somebody mentioning the, the intergender match and they didn't like it because they don't believe that uh, – men should be getting offensive moves on women. Here's my thing. This isn't boxing. Right. This isn't UFC. This isn't real. Okay. And as right. long as, like you mentioned, as long as it's not freaking Omos versus uh, uh, Nikki Cross or a, a, a Lana before she got, as long as it doesn't look un- realistic on the screen then i'm fine with it if like you say if it's done right i don't want to see a woman over here just getting absolutely demolished for five minutes um but if you can tell kind of a story for that time and make it believable that whoever wins actually won whether it's the woman or the man um you know back in the day with China, man, like, and, and I know just from listening to JR's podcast, like she didn't want to wrestle women. She wanted to wrestle men because she thought she was bigger than the women, but you know, she was a freaking intercontinental champion. She beat Jericho and, and all this stuff. But he, here's my thing. If we want equality, right. If, if right. men are, if men and women are equal, which I believe is the case, I believe every woman should get the same opportunity as the men, you know, and all that stuff. I believe in that. But like you said, if you can put two people in there, like a Reginald and a Shayna Baszler, where you can believe Shayna could tap him out at any time. Yes. But also he's got the ability to get out of it and kind of swindle his way into a win. I have no problem with that because like, if it's equality, then it's equality. But if you just make it to where anytime, like I hate when, uh, just the w- woman gets all the offense in because that's not equality, man. Like that's right. not equality. That's inequality, but in a different way. And it, it, that just makes me laugh and be like, well, what are they even doing this for? Um, you know, like I said, I don't want to see a woman out there getting squashed. I don't want to see any intergender matches. You know, I don't want to see intergender matches on a weekly basis. Um, but if it's done, like you said, where it looks, I mean, because at the same time, I mean, at the same time, man, like you put Daniel Bryan and 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 uh, uh, Undertaker, 
You put them in the ring. Do you think Daniel Bryan has a realistic shot of beating Undertaker just by looking at him? Probably not. Right. But you can tell the story and make it believable. Or uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and uh, Ricochet, you know, they had that match. And obviously it was a squash. But just looking at him in the ring, you're like, that's not fair for Ricochet to have to go up again. You know what I mean? So, like, if you want equality and, 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 and you want the evenness of men and women then if you're going to do the match, make it even, right? Like, I guess I'm saying it the way I want to say it, but it's just, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know? Um, because like you said, uh, Nia, Nia Jax is another one, you, you know, you could put her in with Reginald or with some of these smaller men and like, it would be believable if she was just able to hit a Samoan drop on them and, and, and pin them. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't want to see the oversized man against a little, a smaller female. Like that's not that, entertaining. That can work. There's one, there's one scenario that can work. And that's the oversized guy being a face and the little woman being a heel. That's the only way that match could ever work. Where yeah. the oversized guy doesn't want to hurt the woman and the woman just keeps on wailing on him, yeah. keeps on wailing on him and keeps on wailing on him because he won't fight back because he knows if he does, he'll hurt her really bad. He doesn't want to do it. Right. And, by that, and then the crowd wants to see him just, just do something to stop her because she, she, does, like, she legitimately has it coming. But right. that's the only that's the only way that can work. Any other way, it just looks wrong. Right. You know, and 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 Lita was another one. Like back in the day, like she would she wouldn't necessarily have matches, but she would interject herself in a match between two men, and and she would hit a Hurricane Rana or something on somebody, and, and it, you know it worked. Um, but then, you know, she would also get put through a table by Bubba Ray Dudley or Trish Wood or right. uh, God rest her soul of uh, Mae Youngwood. Like, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're just going to do it, have a little back and forth. Don't just make it one sided, you know, either way. Um, so, yeah, I was just wondering your thoughts, because like I said, social media was was pissed off that Reginald beat that a man beat a woman and that. And then I'd heard somebody else make the comment that, you know, no man should ever be landing moves on a woman that sends the wrong message. And it's like, man, I don't want to see a man and a woman fight in a MMA match. No, I do not want to see that. I don't want to see it in a boxing match. Right. But in wrestling where anything, literally the famous line Vince McMahon would always say 15 times a week when he commentated, anything is possible in the WWF. Like, anything is possible in this in in this world of wrestling you know um so yeah I, i'm on the same page with you as long as it looks even looks you know believable i'm fine with it um right so moving on that was all i had about raw is there anything else on raw that's been going on that we haven't touched i feel like we kind of touched everything that's been going on pretty much everything um, on SmackDown, man, Rick Boogs, Rick Boogs, Rick Boogs. And I'll tell you something. I have a buddy, uh, one of my good friends. He has been, what was his, his name? Boogenhagen. Eric Boogenhagen. Yes. He's been a big, huge Eric Boogenhagen fan for like three or four years now, or however long he's been in NXT. 
Um, right. He'll, he he sends me random like YouTube videos and stuff of uh, of him doing workouts and playing the guitar and all this. Um, so when I first saw him come on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, I got happy for my buddy because it's like, there's your boy, you know. Um, but dude, he just screams, no pun intended, um, charisma, and he just pops off the screen. Uh, and I think putting him with Nakamura has been kind of like Orton and Riddle. Like, whoever thought of that, give him a raise. Um, because he's got that charisma and, and, and then seeing McAfee every week, just getting more and more <laughs> hyped about him being out there is, is just great stuff. Uh, and I hope, you know, I hope it's not, I hope this isn't all that they see in him. You know, I hope they can go a little bit further down the road with him uh, and, and kind of put him out on his own. Um, I don't want him to become another Elias, uh, but, you know, that's always possible on the main roster. But yes. at, this, at this moment, man, I absolutely love him being on the show. And I think he just adds, like you said, with SmackDown being a really fun show to watch, this just adds another element to it that keeps you entertained. Um, and, and, and you can't go wrong with that. Right. Um, and then, so we got the, I think, was, was Jimmy Uso back the last time we recorded or did he come back? Yeah, he had just come back. Okay. So we got them kind of, uh, they're doing another, you can tell they're doing a slow build with Jimmy and Jay. Uh, right. And obviously Roman being stuck you know, kind of directing them with Jimmy kind of resisting Roman and, and, and kind of trying to talk sense into Jay. Uh, I, I'm interested to see where it goes, but I'm also, I mean, anytime I can see the Usos together on TV, man, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, they had that match with the Street Profits a couple of weeks ago that was really, really entertaining. Um, I really enjoyed that. You know, they had two matches this past week with uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to see where it ends up because I could see different, I could see different possibilities. Um, you know, I could see them doing the same thing with Jimmy that they did with Jay where he's resistant to Roman and then Roman essentially beats the resistance out of him and, and, and makes him conform to what he wishes or i could see you know jimmy actually getting into jay's ear and, and talking sense into him and then um, right they kind of disband from from roman since they're both back as a team now and and doing their own thing so it'll be interesting to see where that goes um what have you been thinking of it i'm excited um the usos are awesome they are uh, always always were and then uh yeah, and then of course you have the match where the Uso, where the Usos, uh, they fought the Mysterios for the tag team titles. I truly thought the Usos were going to just steamroll them. Yeah, but instead, you know, they did the deal where Dominic got the flash pin, Jimmy got the shoulder up, but the referee didn't see it. Rings the bell, the announcers catch it, and then Reigns just destroys. You know, and then. Yeah, they did that. They then they did a rematch, but they saw the thing, um, and then Reigns destroyed the Mysterios. Yeah, just destroyed him, destroyed him, and then Reigns just beat the crap out of Dominic. 
And then <laughs> Reigns yelled at the Usos for losing. That's hilarious. I love I love Roman in the in the role he's in now. It's Dude, just he, it's he probably had the quote of the month um after the first match. A, yes. Yeah, he was just like he said, You lost to a kid. Yes. <laughs> like that's all you need to say. Like, if you tell a grown man that, like, you don't need to say anything else. You don't need to cuss at him or anything. Like, you lost to a kid. <laughs> like, that that cuts deep enough, you know what I mean? Yes. Um. Yeah, it, it – the only thing – and this is just me probably being a fan of wrestling for 25 years or however long. The only thing I didn't like about the whole deal with, with uh, Ray and Dominic was when they showed them leaving the arena, you know, and then Adam Pierce and uh, 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 what's her name? Sonya Deville. Deville. Jeez, I kept wanting to say Shayna. Uh, Sonya Deville, they came up to him, you know, like, oh, we reviewed the film. Uh, you got to have a rematch. The only thing I didn't like about that part is if you look back, they're both still in their wrestling gear. Yes. So you're not just going to stroll out after you had a match 30 minutes ago and leave the arena in your wrestling gear. Like Dominic had on like shorts over his pants, but he still on the wrestling boots. And it's like, I can under, I can get it if you're pulling like a getaway. Yeah. Like you just stole a victory, you're the heel, and then you're running you're out of the arena to catch the car and, and then you speed off. Like I get it then, but you've had time to chill in the locker room, uh, theoretically take a shower, get dressed, you know. But you're leaving in your and that's that it was a dead giveaway for me of what was about to happen. You right. Know, I didn't even need to hear what Adam Pearson and Sonia Deville were saying to him because I could tell they're still in the wrestling gear. They're not done. Um, right. So that was just a little nuanced thing for me. Uh, like I said, just seeing so many of these type scenarios play out over the years where I, I knew what was going to happen before it even happened. Uh, but other than that, yeah. The, Roman, he just—he's on a roll, man. He's on a roll. Yes, and and, and that's another one. You kind of wonder how long it's going to last, and 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 who's going to be the one to, you know, is it going to last to WrestleMania where The Rock comes back? But even then, if The Rock comes back, you can't have The Rock go over on Roman after you spent however long it is building Roman. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so somebody someday is going to have to beat him and, and, and kind of put him in his place in theory. And it's going to be very interesting to see who uh, WWE, who, who the management picks to, to be that person. Um, right. With that said, speaking of Roman and potential opponents, you know, I haven't, I only saw the headlines um, haven't read into it any, any further than just headlines, but what would you think, about a possible uh, Roman Reigns versus John Cena at SummerSlam? I would be 100% for it. I would too. Like, I think that would be a – because you haven't seen Cena in a while. Um, He's still got enough juice that you can believe that Cena could beat him. And Yeah. And and there's it, a history it, there, man. And it, Yeah, because Cena took a lot of shots at him when they feuded back in the day. And Cena could it, – it won't hurt Cena at all to lose. Like, Cena's so made at this point, it won't matter. Right. And Reigns could come across as like this – like, he could really beat Cena down and look like a completely sadistic psychopath when it's all said and done. I, yeah, because and it would make sense to bring Cena back for that because you have him on Fox instead of USA. 
Right. And, and if you have a double main event at SummerSlam of Lashley and Lesnar and then Roman and, and, and John Cena, I mean, that's pretty big. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big deal for SummerSlam, you know, and that'll help pack that stadium, um, which is what right. they obviously want to do. Uh, and like you said, Cena's Teflon at this point, he could lose to anybody and he would be fine. Uh, and I could kind of possibly see it going a similar way as the Cena Lesnar match from SummerSlam some years ago. Right. Where, where C- uh, Lesnar, I mean, that's when Suplex City was created, but yeah, Lesnar just, just destroyed Cena. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a massacre. Uh, so I could see something like that happening. Also, I could, I mean, they could have a damn good match where they're, you know, they both get their their shots in. Um, but I would be for it. I mean, you obviously know how I feel about, about Cena. Um, I've said it on here numerous times. Uh, but they, they, they definitely, they're going to have to do something for SummerSlam, you know, uh, to, to, to try and pack that arena if they're trying to get 70,000 plus in there um you know they're they're, they're gonna have to pull out all the stops right right so, so i would not be mad at that at all oh absolutely um, so what else anything else culture on smackdown um I, I'll, i'm a big fan of this uh, commander aziz guy that's with Apollo yes, I love what they're doing with Apollo yes, yes. yeah it's he's really it's working uh because you you know you remember when it first happened I was kind of concerned about and I don't know it, it, you know but he sunk his teeth into this whole deal and adding adding commander Aziz to it, it it's just legitimized it even more um and and Apollo he looks like a a, a I don't want to say a killer because obviously you don't want to care, you know, but he, he looks the part of what they're trying to portray him as. He looks like an old, he looks like a strong man. Yeah. And, and he's very physical and um, I'm glad they've brought that out of him because for so yes. long he was just a white meat baby face and, and it didn't necessarily connect um, with, with the fans. And I think this, he's just hit a stride with it and, um, I, I really like what they're doing. I will be interested to see what goes on with Big E now that apparently the Aleister Black stuff is off the table because I thought yep. that could be pretty good. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with with Big E moving forward because I mean he, he's another one that that they got hot and you know you kind of want to capitalize off of that. Yep, one hundred percent. Uh, what do you think it just popped in my head and SmackDown Raw, whatever. Uh, what do you think of uh, Natalia and Tamina? Oh, God. Yeah, I think that kind of no. sums it up. Yeah. Okay. The rights deserve that t- those titles to me. Yep. They were the one tag team there. Liv- Let me get on another. This is another tangent. I don't know what they're doing with Liv Morgan, but it's stupid. She's made herself good. She's got a look. I, I, Liv Morgan has everything they want, and they're jobbing her to Carmella. I, I don't get it, but again, I'm not going to – that, that's beating a dead horse. It seems to me that all this started because Natalia got upset because they rated her as a $1 on an all-time Survivor Series team. Yep. And like they're doing everything they can to pacify. By all rights, Tamina is like one of the nicest people in the world. And 
I'm actually good with her getting a title run. I really am. Like, my yes. heart, she's a sweet person. Let her get a thank you title run. And, and I'm good with that. But uh, they need to lose them. Like, they don't need to have them too long because they're just, I, they, I, I just don't get them. Yeah. I just I think, don't. Uh, somebody, I think it was Sean Ross, uh, tweeted out after the latest round of releases that there was currently seven women on the SmackDown roster. Yes. You know, because Sasha, Sasha's been gone. Uh, you know, Bailey and Bianca have their own thing going, and then you got Carmella and Liv Morgan. Um, it's kind of thin over there, man. Right. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, because like you, I'm, I'm kind of like you with Tamina. Uh, I'm not mad at it. Right. Uh, there's just. Uh, are they baby faces or heels? Because they come off as baby faces, but then they're doing like heel commentary. And, uh, you know, and me personally, like Natalia, she's as soon as she retires, she'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, yes. She's been there since like 2007 or whatever it was. Her and Beth Phoenix, you know, uh, they were the two trying to get the WWE out of that Divas pillow fight era. Um, right. So I respect the hell out of everything she's done for that company and for wrestling. She's just never connected with me. Right. Um, Tamina, she's another one. They, they, they just, it, I mean, she's been there 10 years or however long she's been there, but they never did anything with her. And so the, the believability factor, it, it just, I don't know. But um, like you said, I kind of understand why they did it. Yeah, um, but I think it's time to kind of move on and and do something different. Um, and you brought it's, up another name that made me that popped in my head that I wish they'd do something different with uh, Carmella. Yes, I don't like what they're doing with her. Um, I understand why they're doing it. Once again, um, she's a beautiful woman. Uh, she's fine in the in the ring. Uh, I Carmella just has so much charisma, man. She yes. has so much charisma back with Enzo and Kaz. And then uh, her stuff with our truth, like she just she pops off the screen and there's so much charisma there. And then I feel like they're limiting that charisma with this gimmick of just I'm prettier than you type deal. Um, and just let her have fun because it's proven that when she's having fun, she's at the top of her game like you know kind of do it in the sense of a riddle not the same stoner gimmick but yes. you know before the bell rings she's having fun this is you know she's out there da -da -da -da, but when the bell rings that, that switch flips and it, it's business right and she's about to you know she's about to take over but then i don't know because like i said i just feel like what they got her doing now is, is just limiting to what her true potential is as a character um, and as a talent on that, for that company. Right. I mean, so, I'm not, I'm not going to complain getting to look at her every week absolutely uh, by, by any stretch of the imagination. But, but, but with her than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just seems like the, it seems like the, the easy, the easy, thing to do you know like the obvious thing i guess you would say right but you know she she just has a proven history 
Um, I remember watching Enzo and Kaz when she was with them and like, even though Enzo was the mic guy and he had, you know, charisma out of the wazoo, uh, Carmella still stood out. Yes. Know? And then her and R-Truth, they were a perfect match, man. Like they were a perfect match together and you could just tell they were having fun and they were entertaining as hell. And then to go from that to see her doing this, it just, eh, eh. I love it. Like, and again, I, I hate what they're, I'm with you. I don't like what they're doing. I wish they would do something different, but I do like Carmella a lot. Yes. Because she just jumps off the screen, man. That's she what does. I'm saying. She's got, she's got that career. She's, it, it's not necessarily talking. I think people sometimes get charisma and mic skills confused. You don't, Jeff Hardy is not a guy that I would consider a great promo. Nope. But he's got charisma out the out the yin yang because when he comes on the screen, you can't help but be looking right at him. Right. And that's what Carmella's got. And and again, it's like you said, she seems to be so she's to me seems to be one of those people who's better as a face. There's some people like that. There are people who are, you know, who are natural heels. But there are certain people like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um that are just better as a face. Like you can't see them as a heel. Right. And I think she's one of those people. I think she's happier when she's a heel or in a oh. face, not a heel. Sorry. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so anything else has been going on SmackDown that we haven't covered? I think we hit just about everything there too. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Well, one last thing, what do you think about uh, Bianca and Bailey? Um, it'll be a great match. Um, I don't love the whole Bailey getting the title match because she just starts laughing, but whatever. Yeah, but I didn't really Bailey, care what they did this past Friday with her. But Bailey and Bianca are Bianca especially, like you keep her doing this stuff and let her kind of um, try to think what I'm saying here. Let Bianca keep working with people like Sasha, like Bailey, and she's already got so many. She's picked up on things so quick. And she's already got the talking skills. She's already got the charisma. She's got the physical, the physicality stuff down. So I, I'm all for it. Like, let her work with Bailey and let her get some more reps as far as her in-ring work. Because she's already really, really good. Let her keep right. doing it. And you, you've got the total package. She, to me, is like the inverse of Rhea in that she was ready probably from day one to be. Yeah. yeah but they actually slow built her a little bit like they should have done with Rhea. Yeah. And she's yeah. another one, like like I mentioned with Carmella, like Bianca just she just jumps off the screen, man. Yes. You know, um she's fun to watch. She's a freak. <laughs> like she's a physical freak of nature. And like every every time she does something, I keep getting more and more amazed by it, but I shouldn't be, but I am. Right. Um so yeah, I think like you said, hundred percent was putting her with Sasha and then with Bailey, like it, it'll only improve what she's doing. Uh I don't see any downside to it. Other than like I said, what they did with Bailey with the whole laughing thing this past Friday and kind of like transforming it into the fiend or like that. I, I didn't get all that, didn't care for that. Um but yeah, the match you like you said, the match should be top notch. Yes. Um, so that's kind of it for, for what's been going on on Raw and SmackDown. A couple more things before we get out of here that, that I kind of wanted to ask you about. So like, did you watch either one 
of the Ultimate Warrior documentaries because we had the I, one on A and E, and then there was. The I did not. I, I did not. I've been trying to get the the one on Vice because I think Vice is uploading a lot of the dark sides lately, and I haven't had a chance to see it. I did see the Jim Ross clip where he asked what the F is. Um, oh, that's true, city. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what the? Yeah, I know you're not too at it. What the? Destru, uh, Destrucity or whatever it was. And I was like, uh, yeah, actually I was. <laughs> yeah, I watched I the know. I watched the A&E one. Uh, it was it's like two hours long, hour and 45 minutes without commercials, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. It was interesting and I thought I thought the A, because the A&E ones are produced, you know, WWE has their hand in that one, right? Right. Um, so you always have to take these WWE documentaries with a grain of salt. Yes. Um, because you know they're going to put their little spin on it. You know that if their hands are touching it, that, that yeah. But with that said, I thought that they did a better job than I was anticipating of kind of showing both sides yes. of the coin. Um, I thought it was all going to be fluff and, 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 Oh, he wasn't as bad as people thought type deal. And you got that, but you got that from his wife, his current wife, um, which, I mean, I kind of understand you want to defend your husband and, and whatnot. Um, but they did a good job of, of kind of showing both sides of the coin and kind of letting you formulate your own opinion. Um, yeah. I haven't watched the Vice one just because I don't get Vice on my TV. I'll have to look it up on YouTube, but it was only an hour Right. And, 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 uh, but I heard it was pretty good as well. And I think from what I've heard that people were assuming just because it was a dark side of the ring episode, um, that they were going to bury him more than they did. Uh, and it wasn't just straight negativity. Um, but I feel like with, with Ultimate Warrior, he's one, you, you need more than 45 minutes to talk about him because he was a complex individual. Yes. Um, and there were many sides to him. And and uh, so I think, you know, having it only be an hour show kind of kind of hurt things for Dark Side of the Ring and with with Ultimate Warrior. You know, if they could have made that one a two hour show, which, you know, obviously that that was out of their control. That's up to the network. Um, I think it would have been a little bit better. Uh, but I mean, it, it, yeah, Ultimate Warrior, he. Wow. <laughs> like, that's about all I can say. It's like, as a complex man. Um, yes. He did, you know, he did some things uh, outside of the ring. You know, the, the, you had all the stories about him, you know, his relationship with Vince and whatnot. And, 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 but also they showed on the A&E one and they might've showed it on the Vice one, but I'm not sure, but they showed him giving a speech in like 2005 or something at the university of Connecticut. No, is that the queering doesn't make the world go around? Yeah, but he was just going off. Yeah. That, that was just like one quote. Um, yeah. But they had the footage of it, and it's just like, good grief, man. And, you know, he just, yeah, he, very interesting individual. I mean, obviously, if you change your name to Warrior, you, you, you're a complex person. Uh, right. And, yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I don't, I don't, don't want to get too deep into it because we've been going on for a while now. Um, two more things, though. Talking about AEW in the last week, you've had Leo Rush debut 
Mark Henry's yes. joined the company. Yes. And Andrade debuted. Yes. Which I think we're all um, like Mark Henry's going to be like a commentator if I read right. Yeah, he's going to be on that Rampage show. Or, right. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, with uh, with uh, Paul Lott. Yep. And then you've got, you know, Leo's got a lot of talent. Uh, he can just keep his head on straight. I think you've got, you know, if, he can, if you can keep him kind of grounded, I think you've got something there. And Andrade is just a phenomenal talent that I think will make the AEW way, you know, he'll be a huge asset for AEW. Yeah, I think that's a, a good landing spot for him. Uh, you know, and I think Mark Henry is going to be kind of a coach as yes. well as a commentator. And, you know, I only see positive things coming out of that because, you know, from listening to him on Busted Open and, and whatnot, he seems like a very honest and upfront person. Um, he obviously has an eye for talent, you know, um, and he's a veteran, you know, him and Big Show or Paul White. Uh, on top of having people like Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy around, like, that's what you need. You know, any kind of team sport, and that's what these wrestling companies are. They're a team, you know, but right. in, in football, they're about, you need that veteran leadership. You know, people who have been through the ups and the downs, and Mark Henry will tell you, he'll be the first to tell you about his his downs of getting sent to OVW and getting sent to the park dungeon in Canada and all this and that, because he was a young, ignorant, naive kid when he first got in and he wanted to fight everybody backstage. And, and so you need that experience to help these younger guys out to where they don't necessarily make the same mistakes or, or they can, they can get to where they need to be faster, you know, right. um, without having to go through all these roadblocks. And, and so I think, that's a smart move on AEW's part uh, to 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 kind of keep bringing in veterans and 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 people that have been in the business for decades, plural. Um, I only see positives coming out of it as long as the younger talent is opening open to listening to what you know the advice that they're given and um, and, and and yeah, I only see positives coming from that. Uh, Leo Rush, like you said ton of talent uh be interested to see what they do with him um but yeah it, it but then there at the same time man I was, i'm still getting wcw 1998 vibes yeah um, we're just and, getting every it, it's just a fine line you know yeah um because you are bringing in all these old guys that quote wwe doesn't want anymore uh that's the same thing WCW did. Right. You know, but to AEW's credit, some of these guys, you know, Mark Henry, Paul White, they're not taking the place of talent um, on, on, in the ring. Uh, So, you know, that's one place where WCW did mess up is, is all the old talent they were bringing in was to wrestle, not necessarily to commentate or or to coach, you know, and develop. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a very fine line that AEW has to walk um, to where they don't become WCW 2.0. And then and in some aspects, being WCW 2.0 is a good thing. It, it, right. it can be a good thing as long as you're not 2000 or 2001 WCW. Um, you know, you can have some of those traits because WCW did work. They had a formula that was working for about three or four years. Um, so, you know, that comparison is not all negative, right? You you just have to be, you just have to be, um, pretty, uh, 
pretty diligent and like I said, walk a fine line um, because it could go off the rails. Um, but then again, it, it, it could be a huge benefit. So yeah, one, yeah. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, I got one more thing um, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, there was a new Broken Skull Sessions on the network or on The Godfather, and I haven't had a chance to see it. Dude, watch it. I'm, I'm going to because The Godfather, if I'm not mistaken, um, he's got a very interesting, like, story. Yes. Papa Shango, comma Mustafa, then comma the Supreme Fighting Machine. Or no, comma the Supreme Fighting Machine, then comma Mustafa is part of the uh, Nation of Domination. Then he was the godfather. And and even before he gets into wrestling, his story was um well, he because I, yeah, he was a bouncer, he was in a motorcycle gang, he played football and basketball. Like he's it's just yeah, to anybody listening, if you're still listening this far in the episode, please I urge you to go watch that broken skull sessions with uh Charles Wright, aka the Godfather. Um because like I said, I didn't know much, you know, obviously I knew the Godfather and his gimmicks in wrestling, but I didn't know the man's story. You know, he's not one that his story has been put out there like a lot of other uh, quote unquote legends have had their stories put out there. Um, and he was very open. Uh, he was very uh, upfront about things. And, and, and Austin just does such a good job of, of conducting these interviews to, to getting these you know, it might be all the shots that they take during the show, but he just has a way of opening up, you know, and a lot of it's probably a respect factor, but yes. of just opening up these, these former and current talents uh, and, and getting them to tell their stories. Um, and this one, yeah, it's about two hours long, hour and 45 minutes, whatever. Uh, but it's, man, it was really good. I was, I was more um, enthralled with it than I thought I would be. Yes. You know, I kind of started watching it because I was like, hey, I love The Godfather. Um, but and it's a broken skull sessions, so they're all good. But I was I was really into it, you know, from the jump, you know, as soon as I started talking about stuff, uh, I was I was into that uh that one. So I highly encourage you and anybody else listening to go check that out if they haven't already, because it it was really well done. Um and and yeah, he's he's got a pretty interesting story um that that he told good deal good deal i will take a listen to it because like i said steve austin is one of the best interviewers i've heard and that's uh, not just wrestling either yeah. like period absolutely he ha- like, I said, like i said he has a way of getting people to, to to open up and tell their stories and and just go with it and it's it's a talent that it's hard to do but if you have it it's a it's amazing to watch yeah, for sure. And uh, I will say, I will tell you one nugget that I didn't know that that uh, the Godfather released on that show was he, he being the Godfather, was the reason Undertaker got his first tattoo. Really? Yep. Uh, and because according to him, he told him, you're too big and you're too white to not have any tattoos. Um, so he was the reason Undertaker got his first tattoo. They got it out in Las Vegas. And he started laughing. He said Vince McMahon was pissed because um, I think the first tattoo he got was on like his forearm or, you know, it was below his right. elbow. So it was very visible. Um, 
but yeah, so that's uh, the, the Godfather is the reason Undertaker has all the tattoos. Because um, he said he he egged him on about it for for a long time, you know, and then he finally got that tattoo, and then it was over with from 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 then on. Good stuff, good stuff. I that now that I think about, it, yeah, Taker, yeah, Taker was very pale, and yeah, which I don't think I could think of the Taker the same way if he didn't have tattoos. Now, right? I know it's it's all part. It all is all encompassing like the tattoos got to be there for it to be the undertaker right yeah i thought that was i thought that was pretty interesting yes so is there anything else you want to cover since uh this is our first time in two weeks or you think we've hit everything i think we've hit about everything um let me see if there's anything else uh i guess the other thing i guess we can briefly talk about uh urban myers cameo on AEW where <laughs> that was pretty funny where they they had the stadium stampede and they got in the coach's office and chris jericho beat mjf all over the coach's office i think the thing that cracked me up the most is charlie strong was in there with urban meyer urban meyer looked pretty uncomfortable with it charlie strong was oh. out there chunking footballs and jericho <laughs> throw it in jail, like here here yeah like, charlie, like, charlie strong, strong was excited yeah he was having fun with it uh, I thought it was funny that Urban Meyer still had his whistle around his neck, and it was like yes. eleven o'clock at night, and he's in an office. Like, who are you blowing your whistle at? Yes, <laughs> like, you just walk around with a whistle. I don't know, but no, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I saw, I didn't watch that pay per view, but I saw that clip. Uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a pretty good laugh about that. I thought that was a pretty, pretty clever booking for for yes. that match that they were having. Um, also, speaking since you brought it up, and, and um, one day, one day I hope to see MJF in WWE. Yes. I want to see that. Um, that dude, he's ridiculous. Um, yes. You, know, you talk about somebody that stays in character. I All the time. Him, him and – him and Corbin, but I, even more so MJF, like on social media, um, they stay in character. Um, and that's a rare, rare thing in today's day and age. Right. Where, you know, because, I mean, you, you saw it with Alexa Bliss uh, just recently when her pet pig died. Like, um, there's just this disconnect from these wrestlers is like as soon as they – for like a better turn, clock out and go home. They're not the character anymore. They're the person, which is fine. Like whatever, um, that's the way it's become. But him and it, it makes it stand out even more that he is that dedicated to you know right being, being MJF twenty four seven. And I respect the hell out of that. Um, I wish more people were like that, just because that's the old school wrestling fan in me. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I just hope one day that we get to see him in WWE uh, because I think he is one that Vince McMahon re- wouldn't mess with. Right. You know, I think he would be the one that would come in and, and could be the way he is and Vince McMahon would be fine with it. Right. Um, like, what do you, you know, there's nothing to really change about him. Right. But yeah. I, I could watch him cut promos all day long. Um, he's super entertaining. A hundred percent. 
he and like I said, he he like when he starts going off a little kid, it always cracks me up. Oh man, that's the best. <laughs> that's yeah, the absolute best. Like there's pictures out him out there of him at like meet and greets, flipping off kids and stuff. I guess that's what pro wrestling is, man. Right. That's, that's what me and you grew up on. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love that. But other than that, I think we've about I think we've about hit everything. Sounds good to me. Then we'll we'll, we'll get on out of here. Um, everybody, if if you've listened, if you've made it this far, we greatly greatly appreciate it. Uh, like we said at the beginning, we Slade had some things come up this past week. I'm glad he's got that all situated and and, and sorted out. It, and uh, but it's been a couple of weeks since we. Were, released an episode but hey there was plenty 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 that had went on these last two weeks or so for us to oh, talk yeah. about um so like i said we greatly appreciate y'all tuning in and listening um and before we get out of here please give us a like and a follow on facebook and twitter on facebook we are at buckle talk and on twitter we are at turnbuckle p like i said earlier on the twitter uh try and live tweet a lot of the shows if, if life uh, allows it to happen. Um, and if you have any problems with things that are getting tweeted out there, or disagree, it's all me. It's all Matt. Um, Slate said he could take it because he's a big boy too. But yeah. <laughs> if there's anything you don't agree with or, or whatever, you got any issues, always remember it's Matt tweeting them. Um, so if you want to direct your uh, vitriol to somebody directed at me, um, like I said, I can take it, and I know how to block people if it gets to that point. Um, but with that being said, as always, please give us a follow on those platforms. Uh, you can stay up to date on all things Turnbuckle Talk and, and um, be the first to know when we release new content, uh, new podcast episodes and whatnot. And it would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. And once again, we thank you um, for making it this far in this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you were entertained. Um, and, and we look forward to Talking to you next time on another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Have a good.